Welcome to the Two Hip Podcast. This week's guest is an old friend of mine from Syracuse. She's been involved in a billion things. Uh, you might know her from sort of a minor international sporting event. Um, she's done some theater, had at least at one point had an interest in theater, lots of different kinds of arts, photography, web design, software developer, all sorts of stuff that we can expand upon, I think, today. You know, she's won countless competitions over the years, and she is currently a developer designer at Vehicle in Ontario, Canada. Without further ado, I give you Natalie Mastracci. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello. Welcome, Natalie. Nice to Thank meet you. Thank you for being on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet me. <laughs> Not you. To meet all the, your listeners. Oh, I'm meet talking all, to meet them. all my listeners. Stop being so <laughs> okay, arrogant. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet everyone. That makes way more sense. I'm just, yes, it's all about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you officially uh, for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me. Awesome, awesome. Before I get into like the deep conversation, I always like to have the guests explain themselves. So, like, do you have a quick minute or five minutes to explain yourself? Explain yourself. The hostile segment where you explain you, like you're on trial. I love uh, trying my best. If I could sum up my life, I really love trying my best. Whether it's in rowing, I went to the Olympics a few times, whether it's uh, in software development, whether it's trying to draw the perfect picture, I just really love trying my best. It's the most awesome. fun thing you can That's do. That's a good, like, I like that it's a succinct <laughs> summary of just like, just yes, I'm just going <laughs> to put it all in this place. And I think that good. Like trying is, yeah, try, trying is like the least you can do. And then that like gets yes. you somewhere yeah. where suddenly you like start realizing these things about yourself and kind of gets you to a better place, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's like the least amount of effort you can make before you have to start caring about something and then like really right. put yourself yes. out there. You and just, if like, anybody else heard the the about in that in that <laughs> response, then you probably realize that she's from <laughs> Canada if you didn't put it together already. Yes. Super Canadian. I'm Boy, sorry, I, I, I had to give you up there. <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah. I don't hide for long, I think. Um, but yes, so you're you're working in Canada. You're a software developer. You do all the uh, the rowing mm -hmm. stuff, which that event, as you mentioned, was the Olympics, which we'll, we'll definitely get into. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I saw on your, you have a website, which we'll, we'll also give people info about. It's um, your name.com, right? Is that, that is your website, <laughs> nataliemastrachi.com. Yeah. Um, we'll include like a, a link to it. <laughs> but uh, I love your, your quote oh, on there was nine years facing backwards effectively. And then now time to look forward. I'm some, I'm, I'm sort of uh, synthesizing it, I guess, but yeah. 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 I love that. Especially if uh, you are familiar with your sport, which was rowing and that you are face effectively facing backward backwards as you're rowing. And I, I like that. You're just, <laughs> you're very positive. You seem like you're a very positive person and you just combine that positivity with just trying like at least the level of trying and then seeing where things going and just, it seems like it's working out for you. Your website looks like you have a lot of stuff you've been working on and, and you've really been diving into this like web development and design, which I think is really cool, which I want to get mm -hmm. into more. But we have one more segment I just want to uh, put in there. This is where I put all the pressure on, on my <laughs> my guests to be real. <laughs> let's, let's get real. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, this is the two hypocrisy. Two hypocrisy. Like the recapture for authenticity. Meant to be easy on humans, hard on hipster bots. I, I, I feel like to honor this podcast, 
I have to just tell you what it actually is. Like I could make up a whole bunch of stuff, okay. obviously. <laughs> but the moment when I was probably the least inauthentic was after uh, my second Olympic Games and we came fifth. And so um, like I had just spent nine years of my life trying to be an Olympic champion, trying to just be the best at rowing that I could be. And uh, I really failed. And I had never felt so absolutely disappointed in what I had done. Mm -hmm. And yet I was this (laughs) hilariously, I was this like motivational speaker. And so (laughs) I would go around (laughs) to uh, these like little high school students and be like, you know, you can be so amazing if you just try and like just a dream as far as you can go and you'll be so proud of yourself. And like all the while I was like, I'm a failure. Uh, I uh. (laughs) tried to just do this one thing and I just really hate myself because I can't believe I failed. You know, like it's just, it was, it's, well, it still kind of is. I, it's very hard to have come to terms with the fact that, um, you know, you tell, rowing is a hard sport. I don't know if uh, your listeners will be familiar, but you have to in order to get through it you have to really just tell yourself that you can do anything that anything is possible Mm -hmm. and that all this pain that you're going through is just temporary and uh and so you know you tell yourself anything is possible and you really start to believe it and so after nine years of telling myself that anything is possible i had definitive proof that anything wasn't possible and i i wasn't going to be an olympic champion i wasn't going to have my dreams and uh it, it's very hard to come to terms with that. I'm sure you've already. I mean, it's been it's been a little while since that that moment. So you've had you've had lots of people other than me. I'm sure asking about it. You know, all the yeah. time. You just it, whether it's your family or just strangers, and, and especially if you're doing any of this motivational speaking. I I, I find fail, failure as this like fantastic and also frustrating thing because um, I feel the same way about how many moments in my life. But then when you look at it cumulatively, that's a fun word to say. <laughs> but you look at it like all put together and you're like, holy shit, this person has accomplished amazing things. And I, I mean, I can say from the outside looking in, like I, I was watching all this happen. And then, you know, for the people also not familiar, uh, 2012, you've got it was silver, correct? Yeah, yeah. it definitely wasn't gold. <laughs> but still, <laughs> okay, so how many how many of my listeners have gotten silver in an Olympic Games? <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, I don't think anybody. And you also won, yeah. like, in, in the midst of all that, we're winning and, and placing various positions in, like, how many world championships of rowing. Um, you know, there, But that's, I think, what made it worse, almost. You just, like, felt like it was this, you were just going and going and going. It was getting better yeah. and better. It was like it was climbed to this moment. And there was so much, I also, there was so much press. And, like, the Olympics is a horrible machine. And I, I it's almost, like, not a true version of sport i feel like it's it's more about like having people watch it than it is about having you know it's wonderful that you can reach um so many people and Mm -hmm. and inspire so many people but at the same time it's not about your performance you know it's about monetizing your performance right um but uh so yeah it's, it's this uh machine that you're just kind of a part of and it's it's not really like i forget where i was going with this You just feel like you're part of this rather than being about building your athleticism to like this, this great achievement. Oh, that was it. Um, So yeah, so there was a whole bunch of this press about like, you know, uh, the women's eight, you know, they haven't, they've never not won a medal. Mm -hmm. They've never won a gold medal, but they've never not won a medal. We're definitely going to get a medal and it's (laughs) going to be this year that it's going to be gold. And so the fact that we came fifth is just like, 
even all the more worse because right, right. it's like i let all of my country down yeah <laughs> oh man yeah you're yeah again, yeah I, I, I you're just such a disappointment everything like, just, i really know it just comes off just disappointment <laughs> yep uh, i just am yeah uh, no i mean I, yeah i can't imagine the pressure and the other like sort of tricky thing i mean you mentioned it's an eight uh again not f- too familiar like how many viewers know like uh listeners viewers <laughs> they're not viewing the <laughs> podcast really i hope they're not saying <laughs> um <laughs> how many listeners really are familiar with rowing but you know typical configurations are eight and, and four or um i guess if you did sculling are there olympic sculling events versus uh i think actually every boat that is possible in like normal rowing racing is is possible at the olympics except if you're a lightweight okay but, so like every configuration yeah, yeah. so it's just a matter yeah. of whether you have two uh, oars or one oar, uh, like basically, mm-hmm. uh, and you're alternating the oars versus every person in the boat has an oar, right? Yes, yeah. And then four and eight are the more, most typical configurations. Obviously, there's singles and doubles and all that stuff, which, yeah. which um, th- my point, though, being that it's also a sport where it's not just one person. Like, at, your, at the, yes. the, the position that you are playing, effectively, like, your role. In fact... The whole point of it is that it's not one person, right. is that you, it's, it's yes, who's the strongest, who's the fastest, but also who can row the most succinctly with the other person, who has the most um, uh, synchronicity mm-hmm. with the person in front and behind them. Right. And like, like uh, you, <laughs> another another note for the, for the many uh, listeners, the uh, Natalie, our, the guest today, <laughs> uh, rode at Syracuse <laughs> with my wife also. I did. Yes. And, yeah, um, she's great. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I remember, you know, you had you had plenty of ups and plenty of downs while I was there watching, and I saw a lot of, a lot of races. And um, but I remember one in particular that really stood out, where everybody was just right on the same page, and mm-hmm. it looked so seamless. It just looked like like you guys, like all the blades were in the water at the exact same time, and mm-hmm. you were just cruising, and it looked so easy. And then a few years later, I got in a boat on like a learn to row in Philadelphia and tried <laughs> oh, no. rowing, and it was brutal. And I was like, this is so much harder than it looked like they just made it look <laughs> so easy, just so seamless. And I know how much work like having witnessed it and seen how much you know, I've, I've sat in um, uh, during practices even a couple times mm-hmm. and like what like saw what went into it. And yeah. I can I can really say from from an outsider perspective that it was just like there's so much work that goes into it and the teamwork like of all the sports that require a lot of teamwork that's that's really one of them I and mean, it's so synchronized that's a good word to use I think for this particular sport yeah yeah definitely to give uh your listeners a little bit of an idea of what like our day was while we were training for the Olympics uh so we would come to the boathouse around like seven set up our boats for like a half an hour then we were on the water from seven thirty until 10 we had first breakfast or we had first breakfast before that and then we have second breakfast after like from the like 10 till 11 yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely like the hobbits. um and then uh from 11 until like 12 30 we would usually do some kind of uh in the winter definitely some kind of like strengthening or like core kind of mobility exercise and then we're back on the water again uh from 4 30 until 7 at night so we have like almost a nine hour day of just working out. (laughs) Real easy to have like a normal life while you're doing that, Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Actually, I was talking to some of the other Olympians and they're like, yeah, oh, it was really hard to like work my eight hour job and then go train at night. Like, you could have a job? (laughs) Could not have a job. Like for for rowing specifically or another sport? No, 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 other sports. Oh, oh, I was um, like, what rowers do that? 
<laughs> yeah. I think they were, um, oh, what was it? Like some of the track and field ones, like shot put, Man, those kinds of things. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. too much free time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it just like doesn't line up with what I, I, I've heard from Olympians where you're just like, like you said, you're just working all the time. It's yeah. hard to hold down a full-time job. A lot of times you just like work in oddball jobs to kind of fill in the, yeah. the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. That's. And you get the fun like stipend from the government so you don't die. <laughs> yeah. That's basically a joke from what I've heard. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. That, I'm, I appreciate that you're like so candid about this. I, I should have said it 10 minutes ago, but for the two hypocrisy that we started like a long time ago, but you definitely <laughs> passed. Like that's a, that's a very real answer. I think to just be like, Oh, thank you. To understand and to be aware of it. Like, do, like how long did it take you to be aware? Like, were you aware of it in the moment or was it something that you're looking at now and saying, wow, that was kind of hypocritical of me. I think it's something I realized that if I can just be honest, I think it's something that I realized that I do almost subconsciously based on the person that I'm talking to. And if I'm talking to someone who, um, I don't think that I'm going to have a very, you know, close relationship with, or I just don't think really wants to hear what I think. I give them those canned answers. Like you can do anything. <laughs> oh, the Olympics is great. Uh, but if it's someone that, you know, I know a little bit more or knows more about me then I, I can talk with them a little bit uh, more candidly about these things and like, be like, no, I'm a failure. And the Olympics is <laughs> well, the worst thing that happened to me. <laughs> no, it's not. But you know, like, yeah. Being candid is a is a hard thing to do, especially like the the more or the, sorry the less time you have, like the less like deep conversation time you have with someone, or the more distance there is, it's mm. kind of a little bit awkward to be like completely candid. I, I'm just I'm fascinated by failure like as a motivator though for other things. Like, do you did it sort of launch like the next phase of your life, like or like like how did it how did it relate to what you're doing now? Yeah, I, I mean. I, everything kind of not directly relates, but obviously, you know, if I had maybe felt, who knows, if I had maybe felt more um, a definitive bookend or more of a, a regular accomplishment at the Olympics, maybe I wouldn't have worked so furiously in school, you know, to like take on those extra things and just really try to, you know, gain back whatever semblance of like, this is what Natalie is. Yeah. I can work hard. I can do this. Uh, you know, maybe I would have just kind of sat back and been like, oh, you know, this is fine. Um, so I guess it is like, it is a motivator. It is a motivator, but it also makes me feel very aware of the fact that I am intensely human, you know, like I, I can't do anything. I can try really hard and I, I can try my best and I can go after things and I can dream, but there is that potential that I can't do everything. Mm -hmm. And all I can control is how I behave. So if I'm always trying my best, that's what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's, that's just a good, like sort of button on, on that, that whole topic of just like trying your best you got to bring it back around to that it's it's sort of like such a baseline <laughs> thing but at the same time i think people don't a they don't really appreciate maybe enough the people that actually do that and b there's a lot of people that don't don't do that themselves they, they like they stop so early in the process mm -hmm. of just trying anything that mm -hmm. they're just like oh well it's not even worth trying to begin with and i'm always so frustrated by that that sort of yeah. like personality where they just come at something like yeah, you know what? It's already too intimidating. Like, I, I haven't even actually tried it. But then mm -hmm. once you get into something, you're like, okay, it's it's hard. It might be hard. Certain things, particularly something like trying to get to the Olympics, I imagine, is especially <laughs> hard. And you, I'll let you explain that. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, it's just – but still, there, you're never going to know unless you actually put your foot in and, like, try, you know, test it out, right?
I think people really defeat themselves by thinking of thinking too hard. You know, they think too uh, much in the future and they try to predict, um, they try to predict too much. So like, I didn't go to the Olympics by saying I'm going to go to the Olympics and then setting that goal. Like I, I literally, the goal that I set in grade, uh, what was it? Grade 12 when I started rowing mm -hmm. was I just want to see how good I can be at rowing right. because I just really liked rowing. Rowing was awesome. Yeah. And so I just incrementally got a little bit better every time and that it ended up I had to be there but if I had been you know just even the best rower at my high school or even just the best rower that I could be I think that would have been good enough yeah it's funny see I'm saying that <laughs> you're saying it but you were... I don't believe that right because <laughs> now I'm upset I didn't win <laughs> I'm being fake I'm sorry it's okay it's okay but you then you're admitting it right afterwards so this is a very interesting conversation i'm just like i'll just let her have her conversation with herself here um, see I've, I've said these things so many times they just come out of my mouth now yeah, no it's, <laughs> it just it's happened. good though i think yeah i think we're getting to something like hey, it's this balance it's humanity man we're complex oh, beings and yeah, we're just not one thing <laughs> we're just, just a mess it's all over the place and i yeah. i i try there's certain things I feel like I'm trying so hard, but then you take on too much and then you, you spread yourself thin. That's yeah. my biggest problem. So it's like, I probably could be good if I just did this one thing, but then I'd be bored because I was just doing that thing. Mm -hmm. But then I have that issue, you know, or you, you do something for so long and then you're just like, well, maybe that wasn't my thing at all. And you're like, well, <laughs> question other routes entirely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really hard to like know who you are, but I, th I think what, what you said that felt like the most truth in your statement was that <laughs> you were following the thing you loved, which was rowing. Yeah. Like you went yeah. after that because you loved doing it. And I think yeah. if you, if that's at your core, if you just try to set aside everything else, set aside the fact that your significant other is going to a certain college, it doesn't mean you also want to go to that college. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like don't just follow their dreams. Don't, don't yeah. like, and there's all these different factors in your life. Just really try to step back and follow what your interests are. And I think everything else falls into place. I think also a lot of stuff happens that uh, we don't want to admit that we're just lucky. You know, like we want to say that, oh, we had a hand and it's because we tried really hard or we, you know, planned for this. But like most of what happened to me, I was just like right place, right time. And I just said yes to something and it led me down a path. And so I've also started to just kind of trust that you know, if I'm doing things in earnest and if I'm always trying my best, like it, it'll lead me down the right path where I'm just going to either be happy or I'm going to end up in something that's great. Right. As long as, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, it's so hard to just know when you're even being earnest sometimes too, though. That's also the thing, mm -hmm. like, like to know who you're like, what you're actually thinking. And that's, that's also a hard part to even know, like you were just, you, in this own conversation, you've kind of gone back on things you said and been like, oh, wait, you know, and I correct myself all the time. Mid Midway through a sentence, I'll stop and be like, I have to rewind and, and correct myself. Uh, and that, that self-awareness, I think, is, is a helping point because you're at least aware that it's happening. But yeah. sometimes, uh, especially if you're like you distance yourself from anybody in your social group at all and you're just kind of in your own head all the time, you mm -hmm. don't have anything to bounce off of. And, and then it gets like it's an echo chamber and you just maybe think things are better or worse than they are, you know, and yeah. instead of just kind of uh, putting it out in the open. So maybe that's also part of this too, is like by talking about it, this is like your therapy, right? Like you're, you're like yeah. getting it out in the open. 
and everyone else hearing it can be like wow this is really a real answer to these questions instead of just doing the typical like Olympic, we fought hard Olympic, the other yeah, team was great sort of response yeah yeah, yeah. it's like team's great everything's good you know yes. yeah yeah so I th- you know what i hate i really i i almost like can't watch sports or like <laughs> the part after sports because when somebody interviews players first of all they ask the worst questions they're always <laughs> like oh how did that feel when you missed that shot like uh it really sucked but i can't say that <laughs> because of all the 12 year olds watching so I have to be like, oh, you know, it's hard, but I'll get up and try again. Like, right. I can't be like, be it was the worst thing that happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't be real. They, like, don't want yeah. you to be real. Yeah. The real no. answers go- end up on YouTube on, like, replays and turn into memes and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it's almost like, why are we even, why are you asking me any of these questions? You know what I'm going to say. Like, why don't you just say these answers? You look better than I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like. <laughs> People want to see you. <laughs> Natalie would have said this. <laughs> this is the yeah. answer we want to hear her say. So we're just going to say it yeah. for her. The other team fought hard. I really respect them. Man, they're great. We were a little bit better today, but maybe it'll be their day. This is like <laughs> all the answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, so let's get off of that, Ben, for a minute. Okay. Let's talk about your art background. Now, the the theater thing is not on any of your websites as far as I know, but I do remember a moment early on when uh, uh, we were at school together and and you had signed up for the theater group. Like, you were on our mailing list before I, I even think that I knew like you were friends with my wife and uh and so you were interested in theater but th- is that something you did in high school am I correct or it is I uh I competed in something called embarrassingly the drama festival drama festival <laughs> nice I loved the drama festival it was my passion is this like um, a big and- Canadian thing is it like a like a big or is it just your area like what is it I a small part of me wants to lie to you and say yes, but no, it's not because <laughs> you wouldn't know. It's international. It's, it's, it's around. Yeah, it's, it's worldwide. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. It was just a little thing. I grew up in the Niagara region, um, like the Canadian side. Um, but so it's just a little thing that's just for the Niagara region and all the high schools in Niagara. They compete at the drama festival, and uh, so you have to either write your own play and then perform it, or uh, perform like a Canadian play. Uh, because Canada <laughs> and uh, uh, so we always wrote our own play not me specifically but right. like our group okay. and uh, it was just it was the most fun I've ever had I think I feel like you know this already but uh, <laughs> it's it's just so much fun to kind of like get out of your reality and try to like put yourself in the perspective of someone else's reality mm. what would their motivations be what would they want like those kinds of things and so I've always really loved uh, theater for that kind of thing but I don't pursue it at all well, which maybe is sad a little bit. if we're talking <laughs> yeah. about going after your loves maybe that's something that, that starts up again yeah maybe yeah we'll see you have to inspiring tell me inspiring me dance <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just gotta start doing it again you have yeah. to try <laughs> oh darn it no bring it back around um <laughs> and so yeah and, and then so how did this tie into like what you did in college aside from the rowing side of of your life like what your what your um like undergrad was and then how that translated i guess later like i'm just kind of curious how everything ties together and i know reality and and real life is not necessarily linear but i do think there are connections between these points in your life right based on your interests yeah i was pretending for a while uh in university that i thought that i was going to be a doctor which was hilarious and uh (laughs) i pretended really hard (laughs) uh but i obviously am not a doctor 
Um, but so the, with the drama thing, another like I like people. And so another thing where you get to kind of study people and their relationships is in like English texts. And so that's why uh, I studied English in university and also like language. And it, you get to like the cognitive behavior of how people relate to each other through communication. Like even like right now, you know, like why are we, I'm having a great time. I'm just going to assume you are like, why are we having a great time? Why, uh, why are we relating to each other? Why are the sounds that I'm saying, you know, like pleasant and nice, you know? Right. Uh, so I, that's kind of fascinating. That's kind of what I did. Okay. And then that, tra- that translates into like, I guess that's very similar to theater. There's a, there's yeah. sort of a vein of that. Right. Yes. And then that translates into photo- was photography more of just a hobby that you did like were you were you doing photography for a little while there uh so i i the art that i'm like i think i'm better at <laughs> is more like sketching and drawing sketching. okay yeah but photography is like a great way to have things to sketch and so right. i was always going around and taking pictures because like the world is just so beautiful right mm-hmm. like you see all the pretty colors especially like at syracuse oh my god like in the fall with the the vines on uh, oh, what's it called the hall of languages right. like i love that place it was yes. i could not take enough pictures <laughs> of that ivy i have like right. thousands <laughs> and you could just like you could sketch and sketch and sketch, and sketch. yeah yeah it's endless <laughs> yeah hall of languages side note apparently was the inspiration for the adams family house i, I did hear that. Rumors of that yeah 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 it's very weird <laughs> sort of similar design but it's a very cool building and syracuse mm-hmm. I mean, the reason I was sold is just like the the, the buildings on campus and the, like the whole feel on the campus is just amazing. It's like, like you just, like it, architecture or something. What's what's that? Yeah, it's like I did architecture or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just fascinated by these buildings for some F- reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but what I liked though is even with like like the architectural interest, what I liked is that they have different buildings from different periods of time. Like they don't mm-hmm. they don't have a problem with sort of mixing different time periods of architecture in like a mm-hmm. stylistic. And like it's still intentional and thought through, mm-hmm. but it's at least different. You know, there's yeah. different time periods that are represented. And I would go to other campuses, and they could be gorgeous campuses, but just everything's the same building, or they're very, very strict about like you just know, say the one styles. you're thinking of. It's mm. Harvard. Harvard is boring and gross. <laughs> all right, we all know it. Go to Syracuse. Don't I'll go to Harvard. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it was one of those places that um. It was very beautiful. And then if you travel, which you got an experience to travel a lot, especially mm-hmm. with all the different uh, competitions and everything that we were talking about before, and just getting to see different places. So you have a lot of opportunities to sketch. Oh, so yeah. So you started with, like, the hand sketching. Yeah. And then that translates to sort of digital sketching, right? You know what? We live in an age that's on the internet now, Dan on, okay? Nobody wants no hand sketches no more. <laughs> <laughs> Actually... People do want it, but uh, not quite at the volume as they do want uh, websites, right. <laughs> which is and like yeah. design and development of websites and and like web apps and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, all that noise. Yeah, user experience is like the hugest thing now. Like yes. making sure the number of clicks is perfect. Yeah. Right, right. And I have it's really fascinating to me because I have people from so many walks of life that are in this field. Which is fa- like like people from the architecture background, yeah, and then people that are doing like theater and performance, like and just coming from all these different places. I, I don't know what the attraction is, or if it's just like one of those like really really like in demand things right now. But it's very cool to be involved with, and I I, I find the whole user experience thing fascinating because I'm like I feel like I'm almost antiquated. Like being <laughs> a physical like designing like a physical space is just outdated. Yeah, as, well, as I hate to break it to you, you are. Uh, <laughs> so reality like I said it exists online and so it is kind of cool to be like 
I'm not an architect, but to architect spaces where people could be that are don't actually exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're too succinct. I'm like, that's, that's I don't need, I have anything to add to that. You're just like, yep, yep. I just button, button this whole thing up. I'm done. Talk to you later. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, yeah. Show's over. You should be the host, I think. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but <laughs> I'll guest host sometimes. There you go. <laughs> But so okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive deep for a second. We can come Let's back to the, the current job, but right. um, you know this is similar to the two hypocrisy, but more about a moment where you realized benefits to being yourself because you've you've always given me the impression of being someone who's sincere, which is okay. a, a good thing, and that's why I bring people on the show. <laughs> um, uh, but it's all pretend. Um, no, <laughs> but but like, when did you realize? I'm always curious. Kind of was there a moment where you you were like, I'm like I like being the real me versus putting on a show yeah I think I don't know I think I have a fundamental problem where I can't <laughs> be cool <laughs> so <laughs> like I don't I couldn't be cool like if you if I tried like, and I did try so hard you know <laughs> what I mean like it's just like people just don't want me to try to be cool so I might as well just be me <laughs> just, just be you and then that yeah. will translate to cool hopefully yeah yeah, like all like the it, it's all I could if I can equate my personality to my physical structure, like there's no way in my body that I could ever be like a little 130 pounds, you know, five, three cutesy tootsy pretty girl. So I'm just not even going to try to be that because it's literally impossible. <laughs> I, I think this is sort of a summary of just. There's there's a level of embracing who you are that is good. Yeah. And there's a level of like reality and practicality and understanding like <laughs> I, I hope you're not taking any of this the right way. Now I'm, I'm about, crying. I'm, I'm talking about your perception of like your yeah. personality more so than than the physical description you gave. But but I'm saying like the assessment of of being aware of like who you are as a person yeah. and understanding that like me me pretending to be cool is only going to come off way worse it's really than if just, I'm just yeah. me. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think there's definitely a point in, in maybe like middle school or high school where where being cool would have been better and you, or you feel like it would have been better to be the cool person. Yeah. At, but versus if you just wait a little bit longer and then being yourself is like definitely in my opinion like way <laughs> higher than being that supposed cool person. Like as, you, mean, as you reach adulthood, yeah. it feels like those people come off way more genuine to me. And it just, I, I like, don't, I can't even talk to the other type of people. And, and I'm almost <laughs> baffled that, like, into adulthood, they're still that type of person. Like, that they haven't realized that they're being so fake. And it's just, it, like, everyone can tell. Well, it kind of seems, like, exhausting. Like, I, I don't know. I feel yeah, not exhausted. Yeah, to put on that front all the time. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. not exhausted by just being the loser that I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and to bring it back Very around easy. to the sort of physical appearance, right? It's like someone who puts on a ton of makeup and like does yeah. all that stuff. Like that's a lot of physical stuff. And maybe for some people it is like a relief or maybe they feel like that's who they are. And, and you know, if that's who you are, fine. Embrace it. But to me, it does feel like a lot of extra work Yeah. to, to get to a point that isn't isn't real. It's not you. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me is just like I just never – I never understood like the logic behind – being someone like like so trying so hard to be someone that's not you when you could do so many other things with your time did you ever consider they don't want to be them mm. Mm, yes maybe that's <laughs> it i told you, you should host this show i don't know why i'm talking anymore uh, 
yeah that's that's a good point like they just they can't accept who who they are and this yeah. is their opportunity to uh mask it yeah they haven't come to the realization that they can't be the five three 130 pound cutesy tootsie 130 right. pounds i think might actually be i have no concept of how much a woman should weigh i weigh like actually <laughs> 200 pounds <laughs> like i'm that's not a joke <laughs> like i, I no is that how much women weigh <laughs> and weight <laughs> i'm just guessing they look like that that big yeah <laughs> So are but you're not frustrated by these people existing. You just are happy just being yourself and moving on. Or do do they actually like interfere with your existence? Um, I mean, I would be lying if I said that. Yeah, I don't ever feel like it would be easier to like just be like thin and pretty, like whatever all the Californias, you know. <laughs> uh, but it's not like you said. You know, it's not reality. So. I could waste a lot of time and like really beat myself down about that. Or I could go to the gym and just keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> keep trying. Keep yeah. trying. Keep trying. Yeah. What's your, what's like your erg score lately? Like, are you, are Oh you my God, I don't it? row. What are you talking about? No, <laughs> I did that for nine you years. Just always know. You just like know your latest erg score. You know, what actually is very interesting fact about me, which is also sad is that uh, I never had a better ERG score than when I was at Syracuse University. So <laughs> Even when you were going, like, in the trials to be in the Olympics, you had a yeah. lower ERG score? Yeah. Well, it was How all around. Even... Yeah. Right? How, <laughs> How is, is that, that even possible? possible? Maybe this is why I didn't win. Who knows? <laughs> like, uh, the, the, like, so th that was the first three years of my rowing career. I right. got like as good as i was that's <laughs> so sad i just kept rowing for six years well i don't know that the ergs are 100 percent uh based on reality like you know what i mean like it's not yeah. real rowing it's it's like machine representation and the machine had limits that's really what it is natalie like you yeah. were beyond the machine that's and it just true. couldn't keep up with you that's so true that's, that's what it was yeah. i'm glad we're talking now <laughs> You've helped me to realize I'm great. <laughs> yeah, see, that's where this is going to end. It's yeah. just like, yep, she was great after all. It was all a trick. It was all a trick. <laughs> she said she was a bad, but she was a good. <laughs> In your day-to-day -day life, mm -hmm. do you feel like you're, you're representing this real self like at work, like every aspect of your life, or is it really just when you're around certain people? Like, How does that tr change throughout your day? It's like a delicate balance, right? Like you, I wouldn't suggest being completely yourself around just everyone because I feel like. <laughs> so now you're telling everybody to lie. Just pretend. <laughs> pretend most of the day and then occasionally be true to yourself. This is going to be just a series of contradictions. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. Uh, no, but I mean, it, it's almost, it's almost, it's not like a method of not protecting, but it's like you shouldn't necessarily give all of yourself to just anyone right you know okay. like you've got to kind of you got to save some for the good ones and <laughs> <laughs> i did a really cool like finger motion that, that yep. no one yeah. will see and so i'm gonna I... i'm gonna turn that into your character it's just like oh, no. you doing that finger the finger, motion. <laughs> the finger like gun pistol. <laughs> that, that'll yeah. be the caricature <laughs> oh thank goodness we need to capture that yeah <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like, I mean, like, be lighthearted, be fun, be nice, and treat everyone with respect, but you don't necessarily need to give everyone your your most authentic self, because maybe they also don't deserve it, you know, like, maybe they're not going to do that for you. And Yeah, yeah, that's, okay, that's a valid way I didn't think about yeah. it, like, if, if, 
like if you opening up completely to somebody who's just a wall and just like not giving anything back just the people that you have those like you only ever have the how's the weather and like talk yeah. about traffic conversations like yes. those people yeah yeah, and it's like, uh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know that they, it's almost kind of respecting what they want out of that interaction too. Because maybe they don't want to have a deeper thing with you specifically, you know? Like, and right. so it's like, like, I don't oh. like this person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, everyone likes me. So um, we're all familiar with my ego at this point. So yeah, it's just, I'm amazing. So how could that be possible? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I've had I've had a couple people sort of with the work environment particularly that's where they feel like sometimes they're not entirely themselves. It's still. hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard it's hard to be a little more open there. And there's like this level of like professionalism even in the most casual offices Ugh, like you feel yeah. feel like you don't want to ruin some future relationship or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh I I got to say I've been dabbling in the uh like the opening up more and more and like being more real of yeah. who I am. Mhm. And it's got me to a place where I'm in an office that I love and I'm just like, I'm like, I could say almost anything. Like, it's, <gasps> it's almost at that point. Like, I could say almost anything in front of, like, my direct superior. Yeah. And I would probably still come to work the next day and, like, not be, like, not be upset about it. Like, I wouldn't be fired. I, I mean. That's I'm, a really I'm, cool place. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying obscene things or, like, hurting people's feelings or racial things. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying going to that extreme. But I'm saying yeah. in terms of just, I could say. Not like you like, normally the most, would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I could say like the most extreme like realities of who I am, let's mm-hmm. say, and that wouldn't like throw anybody off, which mm-hmm. is you know for the most part I don't think. And I feel like it's just it's been like a journey. So I'm trying to that that was almost like the inspiration of the podcast was like this realization of wow I was I was hiding all these aspects of my life at this one even though it's just like it's a very normal thing for people especially at work sort of have a division yeah between yeah. your work self and your home self and mm-hmm. and some people really like that. I feel like the happiest I've been just having this this thing where everything is, is out in the open. So what is it necessarily that you're sharing with them then that's made this difference? Oh, man. <laughs> so silly things that I, I think I've, I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but like my theater interests, which even that I had, I had hidden from some previous Why? employers. Just because I, I was like... I felt like I was in this profession. This is more years ago when I was like early in my career, mm. but I felt I felt like oh, this is a professional version of myself, and I don't want to really like I'm, I didn't necessarily lie about it, but I w- didn't yeah. like offer that information up. Mm. And very quickly, I realized that that was very much a part of me, and started talking about it. But even I started doing like a little bit of stand-up comedy, which is a very <gasps> like awkward thing you- to tell people. Really, just a very small amount. Like no, more- I'm so excited. That's so cool. <laughs> And more so, though, like I've been doing the uh, the storytelling. Have you ever seen like public storytelling, story slams? It's very similar. It's just mm. all true. It's okay. just you're telling stories that are all true. And they have sometimes they have competitions and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Doing it was one thing. Like that was that was fine with me. I'm OK. Like I'm, I come from the theater background yeah. and it's just talking in front of strangers for the most part. But having employees know about it and then like want to come to events. Oh, was yeah. Like, <gasps> like that was such a nerve wracking thing. But once I did it, I was like, this is amazing. And people came and then the, the, the one of the marketing guys was showed up to one of the things I did recently. And then like the next day, there's pictures on our our my office's like Twitter account and on their Facebook page. And like they're like, hey, our, our architect also happens to tell stories at night and did, told a great story last night. It was really funny. Blah, 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 and like wrote this thing. And I, I was like a little bit scared for a split second, mm-hmm. like in that moment of just exposure. Yeah. But it's it's definitely been toned down dramatically. Like if versus me from 10 years ago or, or like right out of school, I feel like I would have been just so 
thrown off by that, even though I, I, I feel like you knew me like a more real version of me than right after college. There was a dip in my personality. Like, <laughs> I was pretty, pretty out in the open, like pretty, uh, the, the word I've used is gregarious, like, like that yeah. kind of personality. But then it, it dipped substantially. Like when I went into the working world because of what we're talking about, because really? of like feeling like I had to be this like professional person and I was at this different level and maybe actually maybe even you could tie that back to the Olympic world did you ever feel like it was just so intense because I know initially you said you weren't anticipating being at the Olympics but once you're like literally rowing with a group of people that knows you're going to the Olympics yeah did you feel this need to be like at this insane level like where you couldn't be 100% yourself uh uh, okay, I do want to come back to something that you said, but I'll answer your question first. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I You can't not be yourself, specifically in rowing, I think, um, okay. because you are just driven to such a uh, like base level of pain so <laughs> frequently that... Right people just see immediately the worst side of you so right. you're just you, like cursing and just like oh this is like so much pain just like it's yeah. like childbirth noises just like all that <laughs> stuff just comes out yeah it's yeah. everything you are you're if you don't want to be yourself you're stripped regardless like it's like <laughs> someone asks you to take off your clothes and you're like no thank you and then they just take off your clothes for you you're like oh that's this is bad <laughs> so, uh yeah that's what rowing is rowing is someone taking off your clothes <laughs> I'm loving your analogies. These are great. <laughs> I feel like okay, I can get in then... trouble with that one, but that's fine. Wait, okay, wait. I want to ask you, though. You had something else, yeah. So, okay, so what is it? I don't know if you can necessarily answer this for, like, all people, but, like, what is it that you think is about um, being, like, a more reserved, a more, like, quiet person that seems more professional? Because I agree. I totally yeah. agree with you that you not you but like people in general when they want to seem more professional they like guard themselves mm -hmm. but like why is that the vision of professionalism right and uh, like sort of on the other side of the coin too i heard someone talking about like yeah okay so i have a couple <laughs> I, I i obviously can't answer that for everyone yeah. but i do think but do it though for whatever reason <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna do it anyway <laughs> um just make blanket statements yeah uh yeah, it, do, it does seem like the more professional thing is to sort of pull it together. And I don't know if it's just that sort of stoic image from mm -hmm. almost like years and years ago model of like what a sort of a perfect employee was or, or yeah. especially professional in professional careers at the time at a time when less people were probably going to like professional programs. And so you really had people that like really went to college at a, at a point in time when like college wasn't even that popular. Mm -hmm. Like they painted the image of what it was. Like I, I imagine like very academic, like almost teacher like people mm -hmm. painted the image of like what that role was Yeah, and, like, and professional degrees, like, you know, lawyers and doctors, these people are painting the image for what that looks like. And it tends to be reserved stoic. You don't want a doctor who's like hyperactive and like, you know, in your face all the time. You're, like, but why not? Lawyer, like, <laughs> right right why but see, not? that's what I'm saying. it's like this ingrained thing like you don't yeah. you don't want that person and i actually in some of my storytelling i want to memorize more because the more memorized i am on a story the less i say um and the less mm -hmm. i i flail my hands because i'm very italian and my hands just talk for me sometimes and, and yet at the same time i'm trying to strike this balance where i'm like i'm more sincere if i'm just coming off the top of my head like it, it sounds like I'm coming off the top of my head and I don't necessarily have it as memorized mm. but then I I'm like flailing my hands more and I might say some more ums and stop more and be more awkward and so it's like trying to find this sweet spot where you don't sound like a robot 
but you sound like a real, you know, your re- your real self, but it's also not messy. How much? And do I feel you... like that translates to the professional Sorry. world too. Like it's a similar thing to what we're talking about. Like it just you tend to look more messy, like the more f- like frantic and like the more you ramp up the personality. Mm. It feels like. How much do you uh, feel like you're drawing on your like acting when you're doing At, that? When I'm doing the storytelling, yeah. I would say the the only thing I'm drawing on for the 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 acting for the storytelling is like the reacting side. So mm-hmm. when an audience pauses and like knowing how to read an audience, like I've been in enough shows where like if if a joke m- misses, like I know okay I can keep talking, <laughs> mm-hmm. or I can I can pick it up quicker, or maybe just do something slightly different. But if a joke hits, like knowing how to wait and like where to say the follow up to that joke, like spacing it, mm-hmm. there's all these little subtle things that add up into like, an entertaining. Yeah. Five seconds or 10 second part, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that's definitely come in. Um, but the nice thing about the storytelling versus the comedy stuff that I've I've tried to do is just the comedy. I feel like I was I was trying to be someone else and like write someone else's jokes. Oh. Like what I think a joke is, if that makes any sense. And I always I've listened to a lot of com- comedians talk about their moments of discovery and their comedian, like what their style was. And a lot of them saying, like, you have to figure out who you are. And so even though I didn't. The, the person that I felt like I was wasn't even a comedian. I was like, I just want to do just the storytelling. Like, it's not a traditional comedian necessarily. And in the storytelling, I was able to be funny and say, like, say jokes and things that I want to say, but it's still me being me. And it just came off very real. And then I, I found a group of friends in Philadelphia that are doing that sort of thing. And they're also bringing it back around to stand up now, where like oh, wow. they've been doing the storytelling enough that now that's back in their stand up style. And it's just how they do stand up. And there's a few, not many, that can do good stand up in that format, like a five minute set, even at like an open mic, which is really hard to do, I feel like. But they'll do like a story, very, very story oriented style. Um, and that's really hard to pull off. But it, it, when they do it right, it just feels like a very different type of experience than like a traditional stand up or someone. You can tell someone's like trying to get as many jokes or trying to hit all these like beats instead of just sort of going along in the story, like a normal story arc. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is so cool. That, I like that you're in the storytelling now. That seems like very who you are. Like you're like <laughs> weaving. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very what cool. I'm tra- I, I, it feels like the most aligned. And it's one of those things, like you were saying, like you don't, all these moments in your life happen. You know, I've, I've written stuff and mm-hmm. I did all the theater stuff. And I even like, I thought acting was my thing in the beginning and, and it, it didn't feel right. Like little aspects didn't feel right. I liked some behind the scenes yeah. and then I really liked writing. And this is kind of bringing it back together where it's like a, just enough of like the acting, but it's mostly just writing. And it's also uh, the benefit of being closer to stand up comedy in that it's very much just my stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to go through a lot of other people necessarily. Like it's not like I'm writing a full script for a film. And right now in my life, it feels like the thing where uh, with my family and the chaotic nature of my life right now, it, it also works in like short bursts. Yeah. Because most of these performances are only like five minutes, maybe 12 minutes at most. And I can usually write like a 12 minute set between the, the two shows that I end up participating in, you know. Where do you get your, can I just keep talking to you about this? Where do you get your inspiration go, go from? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just all reality. That's the great part. But they, they um, the fun part that they do is each of these story slam places tends to have a theme. So they, they give you the theme and then you you like see if that inspires something. So sometimes it's it's can be very broad, like just cold, 
like usually it's not it's not that broad but there's like cold would be the theme and then sometimes uh some of the places wait for like, wait 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 danton is making a very specific shoulder and arm gesture ever see this is the color that your audience is missing <laughs> they're getting right they're missing my 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 listening audience is missing all this um yeah. <laughs> but but uh, th- some some places will add you know little qualifiers after it in parentheses and be like t- talk about a time you got the cold shoulder or a time you were give us cold weather or something you know and they'll like write a whole thing about it to give you more ideas but most of the time it's just like a word or two words um, one of the ones I did was was actually frozen and I told a story about uh, my first date with my wife and where I hit my head with the ice skating blade. Aww and bled on on our first date at a uh, skating rink so she felt like she had to marry you because you were yeah, bleeding exactly. yeah that yeah. was it yep. that's how you trapped her <laughs> yes <laughs> not because you're a nice person <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah so it's like they have something like that that inspires now and what i'm trying to do lately is now i've done enough where i'm trying to i'm trying to like build this into a set of stories so that I could maybe tell it as a set because I've seen a couple friends of mine do that mm-hmm. where they actually like will do a live show that's effectively again similar to a, a stand-up set but instead of an hour for stand-up it's it's more storytelling and they're very mm-hmm. they're very similar most people probably wouldn't even discern between the two if they didn't know that these things existed an example I can think of is if you're familiar with um Mike Birbiglia the comedian I th- at all I know his name I can't think of anything no. that he's done or what he sounds like <laughs> You've probably heard something he's done. And if anybody hasn't heard him, just Google him, Mike Probiglia. It's kind of a weird last name spelling, but you can figure it out. Um, it'll probably <laughs> auto-complete for you because he's, he's pretty famous now. But he started out doing primarily stories and then eventually like wove them together into what would be like perceived as a traditional stand-up set because it was so funny and so sharp. Mm-hmm. And it was like it, he had it really, really down. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it was all a, a bunch of little stories that built into one bigger story. So it was oh. very well done. And that's, I would love to model like a similar thing. And then in like a year or two, like see if I could get everything together and do an actual show where like it's not necessarily theme inspired from somebody else. But I've now, I've done enough of these that I could take pieces from things I've already done and then add some new things and try to build it into like one full show. That's really cool. I really hope you do that. Don't not do that. <laughs> I'm going to try. Okay. <laughs> try. That, I'm just going to use your word. Try. Hashtag try. That's, that's oh, the, the hashtag Oh, I don't want to be associated with try. Try your best. Don't just try. Try your best. Try your Sorry. Best. Don't just Thank try. You. Don't, yes. Step it up a little bit. Uh, try your best. Yeah. So that's kind of where that's at. But I think we were talking about something related to you at the beginning of this conversation <laughs> like 25 minutes ago. I, now I have to remember what it was. It was about be, being at work and just like not feeling like yourself, I think, yeah. and just trying to get to that point where you can be yourself in as many avenues of your life as possible that's what it really boils down to yeah you have to build up the moments where it's like you've proven you've uh, what's the word i want to use i forget the word but like you've proven that you're capable of being reserved and so now your reward is that you get to be yourself (laughs) right That's because what you ha- because I haven't been myself before. Is that like <laughs> yeah. I suffered through that? Yeah, you suffered through your having to be professional and reserved, and so now okay. your reward is that you get to be yourself. <laughs> so is that? But do, like, do you feel like all your bosses are themselves? Because um, then the logic would follow that that they would be the most sincere, genuine people. But I don't always feel that's the case. <laughs> if I could just like quick plug vehicle, not that they <laughs> ma- they're not making me say this at all. Like, okay, I honestly. Uh, Working at this place is crazy because people really are just themselves. And oh, nice. it, it's 
very refreshing. It has like a very kind of flat structure. And not okay. that I think every, I don't think every company should work like this, but it's, it's lovely to be a part. It feels very special to be a part of this company specifically because it's like the, there's like two founders and then the rest of us are all just developers. And so right. even though there are people who are way better than me and like know so <laughs> much more, like theoretically <laughs> we're at the same level or um, they at least make me feel like uh, we're, colleagues and equals and that's i feel very special to be right. a part of that so it's it, they are definitely being that their selves and eventually i will feel like i can be not professional badly <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah more colleagues than competitors or, or anything like where you feel like you're a subordinate mm-hmm. to somebody there's yeah. not like a traditional sort of yeah. uh, ladder structure necessarily yeah. definitely not yeah. competitors which is it just opens up the uh space for learning really right and so you can ask questions to people and i think also they're just so passionate about software development that they just want to like teach and like impart this knowledge and have someone else be excited about it too right. and uh so yeah and i don't know it's really great to work there everyone work at vehicle <laughs> <laughs> well i think there'd be that's probably critical mass but sure <laughs> <laughs> is it like what I don't I really have no size of like this or no sense of the scale um I don't I have to I don't know anything about business <laughs> but it is like his medium like a like 40 person company is that a medium size I don't know what a medium size business what's a medium person sure do I'll, I work at a small company I don't even know <laughs> I don't know well it, it varies by industry like in architecture 40 is like a decent size oh, okay. architecture firm it's not like there are certainly ones that have thousands yeah like that get to that next level where they have you know multiple offices in each city yeah it's terrifying but yeah then then like <laughs> yeah but like 40 or 50 is, is like considered pretty big as far as like local firms oh, go. okay from my perspective okay well yeah there's like 40 or something i don't okay. know i've never actually that's counted everyone <laughs> that's like a, i feel like that's a stable size there's a point yeah where it feels more like a startup or like something like like where it's like in the 20s or maybe lower but yeah when you're like once you get out of the the 20s it feels like it's it's like a pretty stable place to be <laughs> it's like a real and company <laughs> a real company yes <laughs> cool so like what what specifically I mean, I've, I've seen some stuff on your website, but for the people who are listening, what, what are like some examples of some of the things that you guys do? So actually everything on my website is stuff that I just did at school and I am embarrassed oh, okay. of. So nobody go to <laughs> my website. Point, you're embarrassed. Okay. <laughs> then I, I'm removing her website from <laughs> yeah. the page. It is actually off the internet now. Oh no. Uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> is it actually off the internet? No. <laughs> it's oh, a joke. I, you, I was like, <laughs> I completely followed that as real. You're too good. <laughs> and too real um <laughs> no uh yeah so what we do is basically we build uh web apps or like software on the internet and so mm-hmm. if you have an idea for uh, a startup but maybe don't have all of the development manpower that you need uh, we will fill that hole of development manpower and just be that <laughs> for you so sometimes we become like an extension of an existing developing place and sometimes we like are all of it for people it kind of just depends on uh the size of the client like we do anything from uh like really big clients that are have those thousands of people and also we have like really small like my client is one person (laughs) so it's just me and him (laughs) right yeah i imagine it mostly can be remote 
and but you're also like working people is it mostly local people you work with how does that work well so uh one of the unique things about this is yes we can work remote because anywhere there's internet and a computer we can definitely just complete our jobs for sure Mm -hmm. um but the core of vehicle is is that you're imparting that knowledge and that you're leveling up the people around you so there is an aspect of like pairing that we try to have and uh also being in the environment of you you pick up things you know someone's saying something cool like about javascript or whatever and like oh i didn't know that then let me yeah. ask about them you know so <laughs> you kind of I like the leveling up terminology That's yeah good. yeah you kind of you you want to be in the environment because it's making you better and also you get the opportunity to make other people better and so it's kind right. of this beautiful give and take why wouldn't you want to be there right yeah okay yeah. cool you're in, I'm going to give you your exact street address. No. Uh, where, where are you in Canada exactly? Uh, I am, oh man, I was in London, Ontario, which is where the Women's Training Center was. Mm, okay. uh, but then I moved recently, foolishly, to the GTA, <laughs> which is the greater Toronto area for people who don't know. And okay. it has just been the death of my life. <laughs> oh, that's sad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is, 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 I mean, London, Ontario, it sounds nice, but that's because it's it's got London in the name. Um, <laughs> but I, don't, I, have, I have no, no like sense of uh, perspective on what that is. Is it is it like a desirable place? Like, is it... <laughs> <laughs> reach the city pit? you lived in uh you know, it's like a it's like a medium-sized city I, you know what it's probably a little bit bigger than syracuse i think okay. in terms yes. of like population yeah and like five hundred thousand people there's like mostly hospitals and the university that is its main kind of source Anchor. of stuff yeah yeah okay that's a nice town. Um, yeah, nice but it's town, called really. the Forest City, so it was very beautiful and very green. And I do oh, miss okay, nice. do miss the greens. I did see a very cool um, parallax graphic oh, on the website yeah. that yeah. was that had like all the trees. So I kind of inferred that it was a greenish place. I did make that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's see, that's cool, and it was on your. It's on your website. It's just fine. Really, please don't go to my website. <laughs> everyone, it's so bad, it's so embarrassing. I really need to update it now. Everyone's gonna go and laugh at me. <laughs> it, it, here, look, I'll even this this out. My website is equally terrible and hasn't been updated in probably <laughs> ten years. It's dantonspina.com. Also, just my name. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I can't even hide Classic. from it. Much like you. Um, like even if I didn't put it on my site, yeah. people could put it together. Yeah. People would Google you and then they would know yeah i think yours is a better representation i'll I'll just say that uh yeah so okay well i I didn't even realize what time it was but but we uh we've been talking for a while so i think we're gonna have to probably try to start winding down so i do like to (laughs) oh fine yeah i do like to mention the charity that we talked about Mm -hmm. we'll get to that in a second um and then i have a sort of final question (gasps) at the end that i can put on you but before we do that, let's talk about the charity you'd like to mention. Donation directions. Directions on where and how to donate your donations. Yeah. So one that I think is a really powerful one that like really directly impacts people around you um, is the Ronald McDonald House and rmh and uh specifically if you want to donate to the southern ontario one everyone in america that's fine by me (laughs) um but you know i I first got uh my little exposure to them by just randomly being asked to go to one of their bonspiels which if you don't know is a curling match 
and it was like a charity fundraiser. And the stories that you hear about how, you know, even $20 can be like a sandwich that uh, a parents can have while they're waiting for their poor sick child, you know, to go through the chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just a wonderful, it's a wonderful place to really see a direct impact that you're funds or even if you can bake for them you can help in so many different ways too it's not just money mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's a really beautiful charity and i don't love mcdonald's but that is a really great part of uh <laughs> something that they're doing <laughs> that's nice yeah, I, yeah. It's, it is interesting because i do hear a lot of like very health conscious athletes talk about that particular charity yeah. because it is such a good experience that it yeah. trumps any of the uh the food side of some of the mcdonald's uh, <laughs> yeah. reputation but yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll we'll include a link definitely to that on the page. Woo-hoo. And so I, I like to bring it back around. We've talked about like all over all over the place today. <laughs> yeah. Um, but which has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure we sort of end on the authenticity note specifically and the positivity. And and you did you started off very succinctly. So, so I think like you have a place that you've already almost answered this, but, but let's, I, I'm so curious to hear what you, what you said. So, so sort of looking forward, what mm-hmm. would be your, your advice to other people to be their, their most authentic self? To be your most authentic self. I think you are your most authentic self when you feel that, uh, to like borrow it from Marie Kondo that like spark joy you know (laughs) and so I think when you like have that little moment of a smile or when you have like just like see something beautiful and you think oh wow the earth is beautiful or like something like that um, I think you are I would hope being your most authentic self and so in order to do that I think try to just try to find something that you really love I love and this is gonna me just being a loser again I love the sky Okay, it's just, just the sky. The sky is amazing. Have you ever just looked at the sky? <laughs> like, it is pretty amazing. Right? I hear you. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's whenever I feel like bad or a little weird or, I, you know, I, I just kind of look at the sky. And even if it's a cloudy day, you can say, wow, look at the shapes of those clouds. Or, you know, there's maybe there's beautiful colors or there's something going on. Find something that you really like and then help you recenter back to yourself. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's mm-hmm. a good good note to end on, even though we are sadly ending. <laughs> Wait, are we doing <laughs> but, a podcast? Uh, <laughs> I thought we podcast. were just talking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had I hit record in the beginning. I didn't tell you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This has been awesome. I'm, I'm, it was really nice catching up with you. Yeah. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank oh, thank you. you so much. Yeah. It was great. So once again, we'll include all sorts of good Natalie stuff but- <laughs> uh, on the page. Definitely not her website. <laughs> Um, and yeah, just, I, I can't say thank you enough. It's been, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Danton. <laughs> At the very end here, I just have a couple things to say to everyone else who's listening out there. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash two hip podcast, uh, Twitter at two hip podcast. And I now have a subscribe tab on my, my website. So if you go to uh, two hip podcast slash, um, or dot com slash subscribe Uh, it'll have all the links in there where you can follow we're now on um itunes and google play and and a bunch of other ones you can see them all listed in there if you want to add the rss feed that's in there as well if you have comments feedback guest recommendations questions segment or topic recommendations any of those send a message email twitter direct message whatever i would appreciate it either way so as always thank you for listening 
And this has been the Two Hip Podcast. Thank you.